0: Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second.
1: What if I told you that you could have your very own sous chef? I mean, your sous chef could be your friend, someone who would pick all of your ingredients and do most of the slicing and dicing for you. Uh, You can have it with uh, Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic meal kit service that sends you everything you need to cook amazing meals right at home. Uh, Green Chef delivers premium organic ingredients plus Easy recipes ready in just about 30 minutes. You'll love that Green Chef does most of the prep work for you. Every recipe comes with delicious pre-made signature sauces, marinades, or spices. Uh, Plus, a lot of the organic produce is already pre-chopped because who's got time for that? Just pick the plan that's right for you and let Green Chef figure out the rest. They offer a wide variety of specialty meals like vegan, paleo, gluten-free, and more. Even as a professional chef, I mean, I love Green Chef. It gives me a shortcut to tasting great food. I mean, we cooked all of those from their Omnivore
2: package right, yeah, recently. It was, yeah, it was good.
1: I mean, that pork chop yep. was just delicious. The chicken was outstanding. What did you think about Green Chef?
2: Oh, super easy. I mean, great. Everything's there. The directions are there. It's clearly labeled. That's what I like.
1: But listen, for meals that are easy to make and incredible to taste, just go to greenshefus slash Richard and you'll get $50 off your first box. That's us slash Richard for $50 off. That's kind of amazing. That's a big discount. I feel like yep. I'm doing the world some good. Yeah. Green Chef.
0: Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone in the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, famous chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze.
1: Welcome to Starving for Attention, a little podcast devoted to digging into the supple black olive soil that is the food business, all in the hopes of harvesting that one micro radish for a perfect bite. An amuse-bouche, if you will, a treat for your mouth, but listen everyone, today will be a treat for your ears. I'm coming to you from Aspen Mountain at the Food & Wine Classic, and sitting across from us is a mad genius, the super sharp, talented, and I have to add in adorable Justin Chappell. What's uh, going on?
3: Thanks for having me, Richard. And I have to say, you are adorable too. Oh my gosh! Well, that, that you know, but <laughs> and I, Jasmine,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, Jasmine's here as well. Hi, Jasmine, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, we're not in the walk-in studio, which is where we usually record, but we're here at Aspen Food and Wine Classic. This is kind of a big weekend for you, right? I would imagine.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a huge weekend for Food and Wine overall. Um, there's a lot of us here. There's, I mean. Half of our marketing team, a bunch of our editors are here, and we're all, you know, doing things like this, working really hard um, with chefs like you. Right. Um,
1: I had – so listen. This is a true uh, story. I had a dream that you were in recently. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> no, it was kind of amazing. So, um, it, like, it's, it's you and I and Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Ellen Bennett. Oh, my gosh. And we're out – Like a nightmare. <laughs> Well, uh, and we're at an amazing restaurant, like an absolute game changer of a restaurant. Uh, Like one of those like Nordic spots, you know, where like course after course, they're delivering like really delicate food that, you know, was plated with offset spatulas and tweezers. And like one course is a slow cooked puffin egg on the dying embers of a wood fire. And then it's like black rye bread baked on volcanic slate and dry aged goat roasted under dried pine needles. You know what I'm talking about.
3: Yeah. You know, something served on moth. Exactly. Something served on reindeer
1: moth. Exactly (laughs) The hits just keep coming And we're there And we're enjoying ourselves Uh, And then like It's like 30 courses in And like we're starting to check Our phones and everything And it's like four hours in And then we realize We don't have any service On our phones And like now Everyone's sort of like We gotta get out of here Um, And we get up to the Like we're now panicking Trying to leave the restaurant We get up to the door um, And uh, on the back of the door Is the name of the restaurant It says Stockholm Syndrome where Ooh. the tables don't turn. Oh, <laughs> this is true. That's a true. So like, then we were stuck at it's the It's like, like a twilight zone. Well, I don't know. Like, then I wake up. Like, so it is kind of a nightmare. It's, you like, the gra-
3: it. it's like the restaurant version of Groundhog Day. Yeah.
1: Yes. We're just like yeah. hanging
3: out at a table eating.
1: I will say, at least, I mean, that's a pretty good group from my perspective. Like, I I you're like, oh, blazes there. That kind of sucks.
3: I mean, right? I will say, um, hopefully Ellen will listen to this because I think Ellen will seriously have a problem not having cell service.
1: <laughs> yes. I think so. We've had Ellen on. Yeah. Um, oh so God. we'll have to ask her um yeah. that. Yeah, did she keep looking at her phone when she was on? probably. I don't no, know. actually. I don't think she Yeah, did. Oh, she, she actually gave, gave us an us hour of attention. Hour, yeah. I
3: mean, she loves that Instagram update and yeah. she loves the Instagram story. And I love, I, love I mean, I love following her cuz she, I mean did
2: you I think did her you name is Adventure. Uh, she oh, made course
3: course me dance. She made me
1: dance and
2: nervous can i I just,
1: was really I say well cuz i'm not a great dancer i'll do anything else
3: i'll <laughs> perform in many other ways
2: and she she said uh, i just need 15 seconds and he was like I don't think I have
3: fifteen. Fifteen seconds long. You didn't because have I, fifteen seconds of dancing, Richard.
2: <laughs> I got fourteen <laughs>
1: seconds, I think. But I luckily I had watched the Katy Perry with the kid doing the floss. Did you see? Have you seen that? Yes, of course. So I, ha- I can floss pretty well. So you got about five or six seconds of me flossing. Uh, don't think, I don't floss think Jasmine on. thinks you can floss. She can't.
2: We have we have floss offs in our kitchen uh, with the kids. Oh my god! She's Hashtag floss off.
1: Oh, we're gonna have to do that later.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, listen,
3: you're the senior test kitchen editor. Um, I actually was recently promoted. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I know. Oh, It's crazy. So, so
1: your title now so is? So, now I'm
3: the deputy test kitchen editor. Deputy? Of Food and wine, yes. Do you get a badge? I feel like with deputy, you should get a badge. I or feel something. like I should too, but I think I just got new business cards. <laughs> that's kind of amazing. <laughs> and a lot more work.
1: <laughs> um, okay, but I, wh- I guess when you're you, you you're still involved in the test
3: kitchen. Oh, yeah, right? yeah I mean, absolutely. Like, the rule my... all things test kitchen. Yeah, I like to say that's my day job. <laughs> Um, I among all the other things I do, I mean that's where I spend most of my time. So, it's in a beautiful facility. I've been there w- once or twice.
2: What does it mean? What
3: is, yeah? What does, what does it? it mean? What does it mean? Does it mean? <sighs> Deputy.
2: Yeah, well, no, what is, what is the whole, what do you do? What is, what is your job?
3: So being a test kitchen editor uh, at Food & Wine, um, basically what we do is, you know, um, after a story is conceived, so maybe we decide we want to do a story with Richard Blaze or somebody else. Um, after the story is conceived and the recipes are brought in, um, I then spend, you know, lots of hours and lots of time, you know, rigorously testing them. Um, sometimes um, testing them includes simplifying them. Or well, using Richard as an example, you Please. love your liquid nitrogen. Uh, too much. Too much. <laughs> and, you know, the home cook does not. So uh, if <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> the home cook doesn't know if they love it. Let's be honest. This is true. Okay. This is true. Semantics. Yes. But um, so, so that might be one of the things that I simplify. So if you gave me a recipe that included the use of liquid nitrogen, I might find a way of achieving the same results in the recipe by exclu- excluding it or taking it out. <laughs> Um, so a lot of a lot of times it's simplifying, reducing the number of ingredients, um, and then of course after all of that, um, and perfecting it, making sure it tastes delicious. Obviously, obviously because we want to, you know, represent. Um, then I write them and I write the recipes for the magazine. So, so that's my, my next.
1: Obviously, if I stopped using liquid nitrogen, I may get more work in Food and Wine magazine. Might possibly, yes. Yeah, so I, I possibly. should I should figure that. <laughs> well, I have to say I, I'm incredibly, in a good way. I'm okay. Like I'm jealous of that sort of like you have this amazing niche that you have
3: carved out. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an, a niche, especially because, you know, I think for the most part, a lot of people working in test kitchens, they they want to kind of have this, they want to break down the walls of the test kitchen because it's very easy to get stuck in there and just be cooking all day and writing recipes all day. Um, and it's it's really far and few between that people kind of break out of that shell and then they're able to do TV and then they are able to do radio or podcasts like this one or come to the food wine classic in Aspen and do a demonstration for hundreds of people. I mean, so I definitely think that that's something that is unique for me. Um, I think it's unique in the industry. Um, How did you
1: end up on the, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing the recipe work already, but now you're in front of the camera all the time. Like now you're the spokesperson for this creativity, um, like you said, now you're, you're you're actually doing the demonstrations. I mean, I can't turn on the Today Show without seeing you. Aww. I mean, so h- like, how does that how does that happen from being sort of inside the test kitchen to now in front of you know millions and millions of people? Yeah,
3: you know, I think it. I think it was a little bit my personality. I'm gonna I'll toot my own horn a little bit. I I love to have fun at work. I love to sing at work. I love to you know just. I think that a kitchen is a very fun place. Uh, I was a line cook for a long time, and as a line cook, I mean. I mean, you know how it is. It's a rough environment, and even then, I tried to have as much fun in the kitchen as I could. Um, and so, when I ended up at, in the Food and Wine kitchen, I, you know, kept that spirit. And uh, it was that that was kind of like recognized by you know some of the people at the company. They were like, "Oh, we got to get this guy in front of a camera. We've got to maybe maybe let's do a couple test videos and see if we can come up with something fun to do." And and I'm talking. This is going back probably five or six years now. Probably more like. Yeah, probably five years, I think, and um, we came up with this idea to do um, to kind of reinvent how to videos. Uh, and so we put put me in front of a camera. I came up with some fun, quirky ideas, and uh, I think I shot five videos like five years ago. And after we watched the videos, we were like, "Man, these are mad genius! These tips are mad genius!" And that's how we came up with this web series. That and that's kind of how I broke out of that shell so it was like the personality which kind of inspired this idea that maybe put me behind a camera and then this little web series that i have was kind of born that way so the mad genius uh so it didn't start with mad genius
1: tips it was just you were cooking and doing some sort of uh, educational tutorial sort of stuff
3: yeah it started as like tutorial videos but we wanted to make them different so you know classic how-to videos oftentimes they're really long and they're it's, it's teaching you to do something that's like very kind of basic or standard. And we wanted to like reinvent that. And we said, let's do, let's teach people to do things that are like totally outside of the box. And if I think back to the first five videos that one of them, for example, was teaching you how to trust a chick- chicken without any s- string at all.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, how do you even do that?
3: So you take the skin that's kind of by the cavity of the, uh, in between the legs and the cavity and you poke little holes in it mm-hmm. and then you insert the drumstick yeah. Yeah. on the opposite side. And you know, it's funny because I learned that buying rotisserie chickens. Nice. Yeah. Cause yes. when you buy rotisserie chickens, that's how they're trust
2: yeah.
3: a lot of times. Um, and so I was like, Oh my gosh, I wish I could teach someone how to do this. And I did. And we put it on video.
1: So how do you do like, how do you do the research for finding, do you just come in with a long list of like ideas and tips or are they just sort of, you find them like, Oh, I'm out of market and there's a rotisserie chicken. That's kind of a cool (laughs) thing I
3: see. Um, I think a lot of times, sometimes I, it's something I figure out when I'm working. So I'm testing recipes or developing my own recipes and I just come up with like a a simpler way of doing something. And, and, but you know, sometimes I learn it from a chef and sometimes I learn it from a chef's recipe that they give me, but sometimes I actually seek people out and actually Richard, I actually have reached out to you quite a few times for the series. Oh, well, yeah. I don't think I give you any good stuff though. Do
1: I? I (laughs) Of
2: course you do. I think you're out of mad genius tips.
1: I'm out of mad (laughs) genius. Like to be honest with you. Uh, I'm turning to you for my magic tips <laughs> I just did a segment, uh, and, and, and and Jasmine was like, "Ask him about the omelet in a bag." Right? Oh, yeah. Do you remember this one? I do. Yeah. You're making an omelet in a plastic bag, a yeah. food-safe plastic yes, bag. Yes,
3: food-safe PBA. BPA free,
1: and I thought that was mad genius, and I did it on the Rachel Ray show. A couple oh my weeks later. gosh, You see this, and you didn't but, invite me. <laughs> uh, well, well, you're invited next time. You, oh you have gosh. to come. But I mean, I, I mean, inspiration's everywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, we all sort of—you saw it at the local grocery store with the the chicken, that, exactly. Yeah. Um. So I'm just I'm admitting it I, that I just gave you the shout out for it. But I mean, uh, like, so it's it comes from every place, basically. No, yeah, it
3: comes from every place, and you know, just like the omelet in the bag. I mean. A lot of my tips, you know, I'm trying to remember back to some of the ones I got from you. uh, One was like microwaving the Parmesan rice. Oh, yeah. Parmigiano-Reggiano rice. Yeah. And to make little crisps. And, you know, I did a video of that. and. It's a really fun thing, you know, like nobody ever would. I would have never thought about that if you didn't tell me.
1: It's weird because and this is a question I want like I feel like so that for me came from like the top. It came from like a 3 Michelin star restaurant. I don't remember where it was. That like and then one of my chefs shared this with me and then I did it. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. I guess for a garnish in a 3 Michelin star restaurant. It's yeah. also kind of amazing for someone who just wants to save some money yeah. on Parmesan rinds. So I think, it's, I think what I love about the Mad Genius Tips is it comes from kind of both places.
3: Oh, totally. The local
1: grocery store or the three Michelin star restaurants. Do you find that some,
3: more of them come from the high end? Um, I think it's a really nice mix. I'd probably say it's like 50-50. I, get, um, I always like try to give credit when, where credit is due. So if I do, like reach out to you or somebody else. Like, I reach out to Jamie Bissonnette all the time because he has so many ridiculous ideas. I mean, so and I like to give credit. So... If I had to go back and look, I could probably count, but I'm probably, I'm willing to bet it's probably 50-50, for example. And some of it comes from, like, working in restaurants. So when I was working in a restaurant, um, we had a gnocchi dish on the menu, and the way that we made the gnocchi was we, you know, we kept it in the pastry bag, in a pastry bag. So we made the the dough or the batter, put it in a pastry bag, snipped the tip, um, kept it in the pastry bag during service, and... We made them to order. So what we did was we had this huge pot of water, and we tied kitchen string across the two handles, like really tight. And with the water boiling, every time you, an order comes in for the gnocchi, you pipe the gnocchi um, over the pot, and you use the string to just snip it off. That, and is, that is smart. Yeah, some people use the knife to do it. It's the same technique. But, um, I mean, I learned that in a restaurant during service, and it was one of the first Mad Genius tips I've, I ever shot.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, what you're doing is amazing. I mean, I, it's kind of uh, like I feel like you have this like Andy Cohen thing. Like you're like you're breaking <laughs> out. No, like you're like how Andy was like part of Bravo, like behind the scenes, <laughs> and now all of a sudden like he's doing a show. Like and now look what he's doing. Um, this is I don't know if you can even answer. Do you feel like since it's such a big company that there's pressure when now that you're like consumer facing more?
3: Um, I think that there's a little bit of pressure, but I think that's that's not only because we work, you know, we work for a big company, but it's just because of being like in the public, you know, being in the public, it's, it's, there's pressure from every angle. I mean, we just walking and I'm sure you get this all the time, but especially at an event like this, the classic, I mean, you walk around and you feel the pressure that, At any minute, somebody can come up and just talk to you and you might not know them, but you have to be nice and you want to represent. (laughs) You want to represent. I want to represent my own brand, you know, being Justin Chappell as much as I want to represent food and wine. And I want to do that in a positive light, you know, because it's it's important. You know, It, it helps my web series. It helps the brand. It helps food and wine. It helps us grow. It helps us become popular. And and all of that's. And I think all of that's important. Yeah, we go
1: through some of that. I mean, you work for such a big brand where it's like, hey, we're all, we all win here. Like if I'm driving traffic and you're driving, like everyone wins. Um, talking about brands, you had your start perhaps or you worked early on in your career at a pretty big brand. We found a picture of you as a barista oh, at Starbucks,
3: man. I think. <laughs> right? <laughs> that picture is going to haunt me forever, I swear. It's floating around. Outside. It is floating around. And that picture still gets used. So, yes, I did. I worked, I worked at Starbucks um, it's a funny story. So I moved to New York, um, and I was working from home actually, uh, doing, I was kind of doing some vocational counseling, uh, kind of helping people, uh, get back into the workforce who might've been injured on the job. It's kind of totally weird and totally boring, but I was doing it. And, but I was working at home and I was just moved to the city and I was so lonely. Like I had no friends. So I said to myself, I was like, I'm going to get a weekend job. So I went to Starbucks and got hired as a barista and I worked on the weekends. I worked two days a week. Um, and then I found out you got full benefits if you worked like 20 hours a week. So then I started working 20 hours a week. So like three, three shifts. And that was awesome. And then, um, the job I had was kind of ending and it, uh, there was some, it's technical stuff that, um, involved the industry. But, so that job ended and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what do I want to do? and, in the meantime, Starbucks, my manager and my district manager was like, oh my gosh, you should become a manager. You should be a Starbucks manager. And I was like, I don't know about that. I was like, I'm not really into that. But I was like, what What, what do I got to lose? So I, I went through the training. I became a manager. I was a manager for like five or six years. And that photo
1: right? Like, I still haven't seen the I, looked, I have to I look, see the
3: photo. I literally look like I'm like 12 years old in that picture. Yeah, it, it came from this media event we did where we were training people on this like whole new thing we were doing. And um some some media outlet took the picture and now that picture they still use that picture when they when the people write about Starbucks yeah it's there crazy. it is that that is you look i mean you say uh, you look like you're 12 oh my gosh, i mean I'm you're, so you, skinny you look like there you're, you look barely oh, legal days. now just
1: so everyone <laughs> knows you know, they're going to go look at all your your, your oh. photos are, are there any mad genius hacks that sort of came from
3: or were inspired by uh the, the coffee shop days oh my gosh You know, there aren't any that I've produced. Like, I haven't shot any videos that were inspired by that. Um, I've definitely had some on the list a few times that I didn't end up doing. But I'm trying to remember some. Like, I think it's. I think I didn't end up shooting them because they weren't necessarily visually compelling. But some of them are um, pretty interesting. Like, you know, like freezing coffee. Like freezing coffee in an ice tray. Mm. Um, And you know, a lot of people do that to use in their iced coffee. Right. But what I would do is I would like freeze it, and then I would blend that with ice cream or something. So rather than adding regular ice cubes to a milkshake, I might add coffee flavored one. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. So that, that brings me to like an interesting point about the mad genius tip series and not to get off topic, but it, um, a lot of times what makes the tips interesting is to kind of morph the, one simple idea into something completely new. Um, like like that, for example, like, okay, so some people make coffee ice cubes for their iced coffee, but what else could you do with the coffee ice cubes that makes, you know, that would make it genius, that would, like, make it into something completely different? Uh, and so sometimes that's how I develop these ideas. I start with, like, a simple idea that I've either learned or figured out or someone's taught me, and then I'd say, well, how can I make this idea genius? Like, what do I have to do to it? How do I have to change it to make it into something that's Really visually compelling. Um, so so recently, um,
1: I just took a barista course. By the way, so did (laughs) Did he really, Jasmine? (laughs) I did. Yeah, I went up to really did, and he has been
2: talking about it nonstop.
1: Yeah, so I went up to Stumptown, um, and took like a, a hard barista, like like their sort of fast sort of barista primer, and I was just blown away by how precise everything has to be and how much goes into
3: you know a drink you know how much goes into a beverage yeah um what is your what's your drink of choice um I'm an iced Americano kind of guy okay so like I like I mean I've kind of I started as iced espresso and now I add water so nice even Americano. in the winter even in the winter
1: oh nice i <laughs> <kidding>. all <laughs> nice year
3: long all year long um so I decide after now
1: I'm just a cold brew light ice guy until I took my barista course. Oh, excuse me. Now I'm a wet cappuccino.
3: Guy. Oh, a wet isn't that a latte?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I said the same. Oh thing. My god!
1: I was told it was a wet cappuccino, so now I only order wet cappuccinos. But only
2: I, if there's a barista. And so, like we were at like a Dave and Buster's, and yeah. he's like, I, "Is there a barista?"
1: First of all, I don't think it was at Dave & Buster's. Sure it, was it was a hotel. Sure but I asked the hotel if they had a barista. I mean, a lot of restaurants now, especially
3: good ones, they have baristas yeah, on they staff. Did not at Dave & Buster's.
1: Not at Dave & Buster's. But it wasn't at Dave & Buster's. Are we going to get them on that as we'll an ad? Dave and ad? That's Dave like,
3: That's like a shout out. Like, okay, Dave & Buster's, get
1: baristas. Yeah, get baristas. Yeah. What were some like – do you remember like a, a type type of order that was just like –
3: oh my god too much i can't even i mean yeah we had crazy ones we had we had people coming in i mean it was starbucks i mean you know how starbucks customers <laughs> yeah, are right. it's not like it's very different than a Town customer right uh but they would come in you know and it's like i want a quad venti 186 <laughs> degree Ooh. extra foam latte with caramel drizzle it's I your
1: mean, order,
2: Meredith, right? That's, <laughs> that
1: is that Meredith, our publicist, Meredith. is here. That oh, is, and okay. she was like, "Ooh, uh, mine's actually 184." She I mean, said.
3: That, I think that was like the, the that was the most eye rolling moment when, as a barista, was when someone ordered a, a drink to a specific temperature, even when you knew you were like, that temperature is way too hot for. <laughs> and also, are they gonna? Are, they must be a barista themselves or a
1: chef, or like, how do you how do oh, they no, know that just, the temperature was right?
3: I think it's like I think the way it ends up. I, th- I think what happens is people order it extra hot, and they don't get it as hot as they want it, so then they send it back, and then the barista makes it even more hot, and then the barista s- probably says to them, next time you order this, ask for it to be 186 Yeah, inches. and then that's so the it, thing. So I blame the baristas.
1: Right. So that's why I'm ordering a web cappuccino, and it's the person
3: go. who taught me. But um, seriously, can we go back to the white cappuccino? Because I think it's just <laughs> a latte, richer. Just a latte. <laughs> the <laughs> the white, it?
2: Well, it's a latte with a little more More foam. foam. But not by much, I don't think.
3: No, because... It's- no,
2: but I thought isn't if it a temperature you, difference? See, I thought order, I
3: thought it was a temperature
1: difference so that it doesn't foam up, so that the the milk is not as frothy. It's more um, you know
3: milky and creamy, like a like more of a cool, whippy sort of texture. I think I need to see some.
1: We'll have to get into it. Well, well, listen, I think we're going to do a mad genius, um, you know, coffee episode. I think you
3: need, you're going to need to get someone think, from Stumptown on the line. I think so, and figure this me. out.
1: Um, But listen, we're looking to buy a new car. And uh, when you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. Unfortunately, a lot of times this isn't the case. I mean, people configure cars online only later to find out they're not actually available with true car. You get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by TrueCar, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a TrueCar certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. I love the word transparency. Uh, using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. Next, TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for now. And now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There are over 13,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. You'll work directly with a TrueCar Certified Dealer contact. True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with True Car Certified Dealers. I hope our buying process is very fast. True Car users save an average of over $3,000 off of market price Uh, Listen, once you register, you'll see a real price on actual inventory. It's competitive pricing offered to you only by a Truecar certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot. It's pricing you'll see before going into a dealership so you can feel confident when you show up. Truecar shows their customer all of their available incentives before they arrive at the dealership. So when you're ready to buy, like I am, visit Truecar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience Uh, And listen, some features are not available in all states. I think we should try a true car for the new car. What do you think? Yeah,
2: I think it sounds great. It's time to do it. The Advanced Specialists at the Center for Innovative
3: GYN Care developed groundbreaking minimally invasive techniques to treat fibroids,
0: endometriosis, and other GYN conditions. In response to growing concerns over the coronavirus, CIGC now offers e-visits. We know GYN conditions don't
3: stop affecting your life. CIGC wants to be here for you as you seek options to find relief from debilitating gynecologic symptoms such as abnormal bleeding and pelvic pain. With telemedicine options now available, book a Consultation at InnovativeGYN.com
4: or call 888-SURGERY. That's InnovativeGYN.com or 888-SURGERY. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school.
2: Hey everyone, it's former WWE host Lillian Garcia. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever wonder how your favorite stars make it to the big time? Then come check out my new show, Chasing Glory, with Lillian Garcia on PodcastOne.com. Hear me chat with some of your favorite athletes and entertainers about their rise to the top. It's about to get real, raw, and inspiring. So join me for new episodes every Monday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts.
0: You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze.
1: We're heading to Portland, uh, which I do want to go there and do a show about all the food carts that are there in Portland. Have you been recently? It's an amazing scene. I am going to Portland in October. You're going to love it. We'll and I can't go. wait because I've never been. Uh, I went there. I mean, I've been there a few times, but the last time I just felt really at home. It was the only place I ever felt like I wanted to go outside in a Speedo and a wool sweater. <laughs> and just like I would be totally comfortable just like it. as
3: myself. Like yeah. that's how I want to I think dress. you need to grow the beard a little more though. Yeah, yeah I do. That. I've had to trim. <laughs> I've had to unfortunately trim. Um, I heard. You, sorry. Oh no, no. I was gonna say I heard um, you had to trim it because Jasmine didn't like it. No. Oh wow,
2: look at that! Is there
3: a, I like Is that. Is that?
2: The rumor going around Food and Wine.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's everyone's talking about it. Everyone's <laughs> saying it's I heard. True
2: please. or
1: false, Jasmine? Was, let us know. <laughs> I think
2: it was just time to be honest. It was like, time. It was, you know, like getting a little out of, out of control. Well, things I'll, in there. Like,
1: well, let me share with you why I have a beard because this is kind of revealing and the people might want to know this. So I did a couple episodes of MasterChef last year. Okay. And um, I, apparently, I look a little too similar to Gordon Ramsay per casting.
2: Like, could be related.
1: Like, we could be related. I don't okay. mean we look like each people other.
2: have English roots, so that's...
1: Yeah. I can, and uh, I, can I mean, maybe it's, see that like or, the shape yeah, of your it's head. The same skin tone sort of so they were like, "Could you grow a beard?" And it's there was great. like some picture, basically your Starbucks picture. Yeah. They have of me somewhere <laughs> with a beard. And they're like, "Can you do that?" And I did. And then it sort of just became like, "I think I need this." Yeah. And then uh I'm not on Master Chef anymore, so <laughs> I guess I didn't need it. So I should shave <laughs> but from. But now it. you'll love it. No, no, I I like it. It's okay. I like, I like yeah, that. you like it? Yeah, I okay. Like that. Like, this has become a weird episode right now. Do you guys on the is Do you guys get comments from like people who are reading? Them?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. What? How does that, how does that go down? Oh my gosh, it's I I I have I have to say that I've stopped reading the comments. Oh, that's that's, a point. Are, that's a point. Some of them are age. really great, but some of them are just so bad. I mean, so bad. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll tell you one. Sure, please. Some of them I cannot say. Right. I understood. Because the person would
2: probably know it
3: was them. Yeah. No, because it'll probably make me angry because it's so offensive. <laughs> you
2: look like you're getting a little red right now. Like you because well, like- there are
3: some that are truly offensive, and yeah. if the person is listening, they know who they are. They need to stop. They need to delete their account. Oh, so this, uh, this is a this is a frequent contributor. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, so the best one ever is so obviously we're on a podcast so people can't see, but if you if you Google me, you could see that I have a gap. I have a gap between my two front teeth. And, oh my gosh, it's so funny. So I was at work and I was reading the comments and somebody says... Oh, I forgot what it was. Oh, it was so I. I was doing a video where I was grating a tomato to make fresh tomato sauce, that's which is a brilliant idea. Yeah,
1: oh, that's her. That's Jasmine's favorite. It's our uh, most popular. It has. Oh,
3: it has like over eight million views. Oh that my video. god, eight million yeah. views! It's okay. pretty crazy. So you basically so cut a jealous. tomato in half and you grate it on the box grater, and it naturally peels the tomato. Like the skin doesn't peel, so you end up with this fresh tomato pulp that you can either cook or not cook. Right, and it's kind of amazing. So I did this video, and of course. All these people chime in, that's not sauce, that's not sauce, how dare you call it, I'm Italian, that's not sauce. Of course. And first of all, to all the Italians, I'm, I'm putting quotes up now, yes. um, they're Italian-Americans, they're not real Italians, I know, because I've stalked them on Facebook, and therefore I know they're not real Italians. Right,
1: okay, so you, you've gone deep on this. <laughs> yes,
3: yeah. because I was so upset. But anyway, so I get a lot of, I get a lot of crap because they, people were saying it wasn't sauce, And somebody (laughs) chimes in and says, because I think the title of the video was how to make fresh tomato sauce or something like that. And so someone chimes in and says, (laughs) (laughs) I can't even say this. (laughs) You got to go for it. Yeah. Someone says, that's tomato sauce. Just as, just as much as his two front teeth are close together. Yeah. Like what does that have to do? Yeah. Why? And I'm like reading this out loud at work and I'm like, oh my gosh. And my coworker turns and says, at least that one was creative. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what they say. I mean that that sort of means you've reached a certain point, right? Uh, maybe where people maybe. don't
1: feel like you're actually listening to them. That you're so famous you're like that they don't they don't yourself. think you don't that know. you're like reading. They don't. know one is thinking.
3: I've right? started like you know. I started like writing back to them.
1: Oh, you're a whoa whoa!
3: You've gone there. Yeah, you've broken Have all you the rules, Justin yet? Chappell.
1: I mean, uh, he, not as myself. I started trolling them. <laughs>
3: Not as yourself. Oh my gosh. Why didn't I think of that? What was I doing this whole time? All right. So you,
1: so you've gone. Okay. So now we got to get in. Now we, gotta, well, we I started got to. Well, I started
3: like liking their comments Ooh, and like, as myself, very yeah, passive aggressive. Or I write back and I'm like, ha ha. Or I just put up, or I just put like a wink emoji and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, these people. That's,
1: you know what I do this. So I do that on Twitter. This is true. So someone will be like, and this is usually what it's like. It's something like, oh my God, Richard Blaze is on TV again. Please get him off of my TV forever and I just like it. Yeah. I just like the comment. <laughs> I, I, I haven't got to the point yeah. where I follow them, but I just like it. And then yeah. it kind of gets them upset. They're like, Richard Blaze just liked that comment about yeah. me. I still don't want him on my TV. You don't like that. And <laughs> just kind of like you know, you're, you're in their world for a second. And little
3: know. do they know that's all helping your
1: well, 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 it is because usually, and and you have you know fans, and they'll usually jump to your side, right? Because like if if someone's gonna just jump in there, and they know that that gazpacho is amazing, they're gonna just jump in and defend defend it.
2: Yeah,
3: for sure. Then you, of course, then you get the people who like actually get they start to get in arguments. Like the, yeah. the the commenters, yeah. at some point the you gotta
2: defend you. Yeah. which is great. I, you know,
1: and then I, I that's that's when you walk that's away you and you're like, away. my work is done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my work is done.
2: So we we talked about trolls, but who's the who do you think target audience? Who's who who are the people out there that are gobbling up? Magic? You
3: know, it's funny because I get this question a lot actually, and it's really hard to answer because. And I'm sure you have parts of your business or parts of your, um, your fame that are really hard to measure. Um, and I think it's the reason for me it's hard to measure is because I don't know who's watching the videos. I only know who's, and maybe, maybe the greater food and wine, like the food and wine gods probably follow this somewhere within the company. Um, they can probably see like the average, the median age and all that. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's really, I kind of look at the pictures of the people commenting. I'm like, who are these people like watching this video? (laughs) But, um, I think it's, I think it's a really good mix, uh, between, um, I do think that anyone who kind of watches like the Buzzfeed tasty videos and stuff like that. I think a lot of them are those people. Um, but then believe it or not, I think I have like, a lot of like women in their fifties who like love to watch it and they love to write to me all the time and that's comment amazing. all the time. That's awesome. So that's your target, your target. Me everything. Demo, exactly. Your target yeah, and I think that's your but, target fandom. Yeah, yeah. fan yeah. demographic. But it's hard to say because I don't know. I think that it depends on where they're following me. So I think that my audience on Instagram is very different. I think they're much younger. I think my audience on like YouTube are just anyone who got caught in the internet wormhole of clicking through videos. And I think, but then I think I get that, like the women in their fifties kind of thing, because probably, probably because of how much I do the today show. So I think that they like see me on the today show and then they Google me and then they start watching my videos and they follow me because if I do the today show, all of a sudden I get like a whole bunch of, you know, so um, I've done the today show
1: a few times. You've done it way more than I have. Uh, That's a tough segment. It's my publicist is shaking her head. Out. <laughs> I'd like to be on the Today Show more, Meredith. By the way, get to um, work, Meredith. Exactly. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but that's. I mean, those segments. I think people watch them and they don't realize how how intense. You know,
3: three your three, three three and a half minutes. Yeah, you
1: know, and believe it or not, yes, they're intense. That's my time slot, by the way. Yes. You might get five or five. <laughs>
3: no, <and a> half. <laughs> no, actually, believe it or not, I I get anywhere from like three and a half to like one minute. Yeah, I like, watched
2: one where you had like one. And a half.
3: Yeah. You know, it depends on where you get placed in the hour. I mostly do like the, I'll, I'll be on during the nine o'clock hour. And like, if you're, if you're after the half hour, like you have like all the time in the world. But if you're like before the half hour, oftentimes you will get cut. Your time will get cut because the previous segments more might run over. And I mean, forget about it. If there's like a super celebrity on the show, then you know your segment's getting cut short. But um, but you know, it's fine. I think. But maybe that's why they like me is because you know I I can do a three and a half minute segment in two minutes and fit it all in, and it's pretty and it's still pretty informative.
1: And is your game on the Today Show pretty similar to the the Mad Genius Tips? Or are you are you sort of
3: stretching the range here a little bit? Um, it's it's ha- So I do hacks on the Today Show. Right. Um, so Mad Genius Tips hacks, same thing, no? Yeah, they're yeah they're okay. but. I think calling it Tips gives us more flexibility so we can kind of get out. It doesn't necessarily have to be like... I mean, first of all, we have to identify what a hack and a, a hack is. A cooking hack is like a shortcut. Like, it's a way of doing something easier. But sometimes in Mad Genius Tips, we just want to do something that's like really, really fun. It's like a fun tip. It's a fun idea. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be a shortcut for something. Got it. But... It could just be something that's really brilliant and genius. Um, but so on the Today Show, it's kind of a mix of both of them. So I do hacks, but, like, we do a really fun mix of all different kinds of things. Sometimes it's shortcuts. Sometimes it's, like, an ingredient swap that makes something easier. Um, and that's pretty much what, what I do. So it's kind of extended versions of my videos. Which
1: one do you what, – what, what is your favorite sort of uh, genre of performance?
3: Um – in what way?
1: Like, I mean, like you're here, at Aspen, you, you, did a, you did a show today or yesterday or tomorrow or something like that, right? So live, you know, 45 minutes live or three <laughs> minutes on today's show or? Um,
3: you know, it's hard to say because like, and this kind of goes back to what you said about the today's show about how intense it is. Like, I mean, those segments are a lot of work. I feel like it's more work than doing a 45 minute demo I feel like. And but fortunately, somewhere like today's Show they have such an incredible behind the scenes team. Truly. I mean, they have the food stylists and the food the people who do all the cooking like they are superstars and they make it so easy for the talent like coming on the show. I mean, you basically give them recipes and then you show up.
1: Yeah, right? people don't realize that that it's so put together. Yeah. I mean um that like literally everything's mapped out and there's like uh, at least for me a rehearsal and like there are these things that happen so that everything is is foolproof.
3: Yeah. Um but I if I, I I think that I like if I had to say I think I do like doing the the longer demonstrations like the one here that I did here in the food and wine classic in aspen um which was today and it was like 45 minutes i i kind of like that because it's so free form like you have a structure like i have my recipes i need to get through but what you want to talk about can change what you want to focus on can change the interaction with the audience is super important because that not only affects what you do Mm. but it creates like this banter and then you have a good time Right. that's
1: what i love about live stuff is my favorite stuff because you just know you know, mm-hmm. every moment along the way, oh, that guy back there, he's sleeping. <laughs> I got to turn up the energy here a little bit. Or you know when they're engaged. Um,
3: tell me how the book came about, obviously with the success mm-hmm. of the the web series, right? Yeah, so the, the web series, to our surprise, well, it, so it's in its fifth season, which is unbelievable. So each season, in the past, the seasons have been like 35 episodes. This season, it's a little shorter. Um, but... So we're in our fifth year, and it started as a web series that quickly became a very, very popular web series for Food & Wine. Um, we, we gained super, we gained so much web traffic from it um, and YouTube, YouTube views from it that we turned it into a print column. So we started a monthly um, print column in the magazine um, called Mad Genius Tips, and we started featuring this stuff that uh, I did on video. But the difference was I started creating recipes to go with the tips. So every month I would pick a different tip and then I would develop three recipes that incorporate the tip. Okay. And then we were like, oh my gosh, this is really fun. Why don't we do a cookbook and do the exact same thing, but with a hundred recipes. So that's what we did. And, uh, it came out in November and that's how it, it kind of came out of the blue. I mean, it was it was wild. It was like one minute we were talking about doing a Mad Genius Hip's book, and the next minute I like finished writing it, and it was crazy. I think we did it in like six months.
1: So I know you were used to sort of those pressures of deliverables and timing and the corporate sort of structure of what a, making a book
3: is. Oh yeah. So it was easy then. Well, it's funny because Food and Wine produces. So we do three cookbooks a year, and we produce them very differently than a traditional pu- publisher. I mean, you've done your. You just came out yeah. with your second book. Yes. Yes. And I mean, for each book, what was it? You probably wrote. You spent a year writing it
1: at least right yeah <laughs> <Unfortunately>. at yes <least. laughs>
3: yeah so you spend a year writing it and then you your publisher spends a year well usually i write it and then the publisher says we need to rewrite it <laughs> <laughs> we need to get someone else. you know i think we have the same editor <laughs> right on a, well on okay. so i have another book coming out we'll talk about maybe we oh, could God. talk about well, that oh my gosh
1: well, well first yeah. of all let's skip right over that you have a new book coming out is yeah. this
3: what is this so i have another book that's coming out next year it's called just cook it okay um and it's going to be really great it's um, 100, about 145 recipes that are built to be easy, uh, um, and they're totally delicious. So, the idea is making home cooking fun again, making it simple again. Um, and it's all about recipes that, um, it's all about not overthinking it. Like, rather than just, you know, worry so much about what you're doing and how you're doing it, just cook it, you know? So, almost, uh-
2: I like that title and I really appreciate that you didn't let publishers push you around and make you name it like just in time or something like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm oh really
1: happy about
3: I that. would have liked that too <laughs> would have. I could be the next one yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah so that book's coming out next year I, re- I finished writing it it's we're, it's being designed right now um, It's a, that book is actually um, I'm not publishing it with food and wine I'm publishing it with Houghton Mifflin <laughs> um, And oh the publisher of my second cookbook yes, yes we share a publisher yes yeah. I think we I my editor Justin I think we yeah we remember. do yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. same guy who told me to read rewrite my my second book. <laughs> <laughs> um he follows both of us on all of our social media channels so we have to, so we're gonna have to like
1: that's fine post he's this podcast yeah and i'm not saying anything and then it's share all... it with him so that yeah.
3: he feels special he's getting this yeah. shout out on here i'm gonna i'll bring him on the pod yeah. i'll bring
1: in all of my publishers on the <laughs> pod that i've ever had
3: um but yeah so that book that book's coming out next year it's gonna be really i'm really excited about it um So it sounds like though, like just cook it like,
1: ah, you don't need recipes. Like, is it, is it a recipe book kind of,
3: it's definitely a recipe book. It's definitely, they're definitely tried and true recipes. Um, but the idea is there's very few ingredients. It's all, I try not to use any equipment that, I mean, I think I use, I mean, this is gonna sound crazy to you because you're such like a sophisticated chef, but you know, I think I use the food processor in the book like three times, like. I mean, for the most part, it's like you need a knife, you need a stove, you need a cutting board, and a measuring cups maybe. And it's, it's all about just like Is super. that the way you cook or are you like thinking about, hey, I don't want to get a lot of equipment it's a It's a lot of how I cook. Like the recipes in this book are – a lot of them are my fi- the recipes I make all the time at home that I finally wrote down. Because
1: even with my second book, I, people think that I'm cooking at home with liquid nitrogen. Yeah, Rarely, sometimes, but it's. I it's, believe <laughs> there's
2: extra. If there's oh extra from goodness.
1: an event or something like that. But I think it's so important to make it easy, but not dumb.
3: Yes. And that's yes. what you do really great, right? Yeah. And that's what this book is about. I mean, it's not exactly what it's about, but that's what all the recipes in the book are like. They're not, they're really smart recipes and they're very um, thoughtful, but they're also very easy. And, you know, some of the, some throughout the book, like one of the things, and, it, it, and what I'm about to say, I feel like could be a book in it in itself, but, um, throughout the book, I like call for certain things that I also offer recipes for. Um, so for example, I might call for in a recipe, I might call for like three cups of salsa verde or something like that. And then somewhere in the book, I offer a recipe for salsa verde, but if you don't want to make the salsa verde, you don't have to make the salsa verde. You can buy it. Um, and so there's quite a few places in the book that are like that. So it's like, if you feel like you want to make this extra component, you can, but you don't have to. Yeah. And most people don't, and most people don't, <laughs> <laughs> but you know you might you know you but the thing about it is those those extra things, like for example, the salsa verde I also it exists as a recipe on its own for a purpose, so the salsa verde is a dip or a salt a, r- a true salsa that you would eat with chips, you know it's got multiple uh, uses, yeah, so you make it for that, but you can also make something else
1: so whether it's uh the mad genius tips or hacks on the today show or the book have you found like one or two things that you just know like an ingredient that you just know automatically you're gonna get lots of likes and hits and views on like for me it's egg yolks whatever picture i put on instagram
3: if it's got an egg yolk on it it's gonna get a lot of likes i mean we have this joke at work where we're like, if we want to get a lot of likes on anything, especially in social media, it's like, put an egg on it. So, okay. So, so we. I'm, I'm, so I figured it out. <laughs> and I actually have this... Oh my gosh, I wish I had it with me. I have this hilarious video of you from years ago at The Classic, because we had this idea. We were going to do a series called Put an Egg on It. Yes. So I walked around... You probably don't remember this. I walked around Aspen with a rubber egg, <laughs> a rubber fried egg. And I went up to all these different chefs. Like, I mean lots of chefs. I mean, I went up to Mario Batali and asked, and basically what I did was I walked around saying, can I put an egg on you? And I took pictures of chefs wearing this rubber egg. I'm not kidding. I should show you these pictures. I have a picture of Mario Batali balancing a rubber egg on his orange crock. I'm not kidding. That's amazing. I, I have and a it, pic- it, on a sunny day, you could cook it on that crock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I even have a picture of David Chang. I don't know how he got it like this, but I said, David, can you like hold this egg? he's like, what do you want me to do with that? I was like, just wear it. Put it somewhere. And he like put it on his face. Yeah. And it stuck. Oh. <laughs> and it was wild. And he, so I have this picture of David Chang standing there with like an egg over his eye, like it was an eye patch. So I feel like there's a little like, I don't know, this should be like an Andy Warhol like book of just right. like oh amazing just chefs portraits, with
1: like eggs. Portraits, well, at right. Chef's Club, they have all the portraits, but you should do the one with just the just eggs. Like a joke. I think they're kind of busy. But hey. I But I have one
3: with you. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm
1: I, pretty I don't sure even I remember doing that. I'll, I'll find it. I'll send it to you. I would you. love to see it, guys. Yeah. I don't recall it. I feel like kind of left out because I don't remember <laughs> it. Um, listen, I, I forgot when you were talking about today's Show. I have a mad genius tip for you. What is on it? On the Today Show. One time, I poured liquid nitrogen on Kathy Lee's uh, feet and I got it like a three-year bed. Oh, my, so you don't kidding? pour yeah, open-toed, open-toed <gasps> shoes. So it's now every time I do a presentation, I'm like, if you have open-toed shoes on. By the way, I mean, it's wait it a, minute, a sprinkle. Wait a She's fine. She was please how this happened? <laughs> I was, you know, of course it's, it's me and I was cooking yeah, with liquid I nitrogen know. on like one of my first Today Show things ever and I'm, you know, from Top Chef, I'm sure, and I spilled some nitrogen. I think I just like I sprinkled on her. And, her.
2: and I've also... poured it out.
1: I poured it out, but I yeah. think it dripped and fell off the table. And, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, and I, were you mortified? I think. Well, you know, I was really. I'm, I also might be creating part of this in my head because, like, it just took me like two years to get back on the Today Show. So I've created <laughs> that because I dripped nitrogen on her on her feet. Right. I was banned from the Today Show for right. two years. That's a good it's a we'll problem. It we'll have to pull it oh up. Oh my it's gosh! Please, right. I'm gonna yeah. Google yeah.
3: that right like tonight. I think I'm we have it. to. So like Did she like scream? Like what no, happened? no. I, you know what? I'm probably
1: just She
2: reacted. I I remember oh, she, she reacted yeah. in a, in a like you know but she's a pro so yeah. it wasn't you know she didn't like freak out like, yeah she and I reacted for and her.
1: I've been back I was there like a couple weeks ago everything's yeah. fine so you basically uh, hacked, yeah. hacked Kathy six Lee years,
2: everything's yeah yeah, yeah. Fine. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> your
3: today show hack that's my no don't, don't. Do my today that. show oh, hack oh, is oh, don't do that yeah. Yeah. that's the hack oh my gosh gonna, things not to do I'm gonna remember that forever do yes. not pour liquid nitrogen <laughs> on a television host
1: that's any television host that's true it's not just well listen Justin Chappell we're coming near the end of our show we usually like to play a couple games okay at the end so this is gonna be a kind of like a it's it could be an Aspen food and wine classic sort of uh, game. Uh, we call this one pairings. Are you game to play? Sure. All right. So I'm going to give you the name of a chef and then three titles of what their presentation title was. Does that make demo. sense? Demo. Demo, demo Wait, title. Wait, so I have
3: to remember their to No,
1: demos? I'm going to say the chef and then give you three yeah, samples. And you're going to say which one oh, okay. was the actual demo that they did.
3: You know I'm probably going to do this really well.
1: Yeah, because you wrote him.
3: <laughs> yeah. um, so you should... No or, ever... or I won't, and then I'm going to be embarrassed. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see. Um,
1: uh, by the way, you're bragging. So yeah, this is you set yourself up. All right, so the chef is Chris Cosentino. Okay. We all love Chris Cosentino. And was his demo called... The Ultimate Seafood
3: Tower or something like that?
2: He blew you out of the water. Like you're not even going to let me ask? <laughs> okay, go. I'm sorry. I'm
3: sorry. I'm interrupting the host. I, ter- I learned well, in media training. Well, do that, not interrupt the host. That, No, no. That's not one of them. No, I mean, if you
1: do. Okay, no. Go ahead. It's like, if you know the answer, you just ring the bell. So I appreciate that. You're, you're, you're like in it. You're playing No, but game. now I want to hear him. Was Chris Cosentino's demo called Bones, Shrubs, and Hominy, Mastering the Shellfish Tower, or Sweetbreads Ain't French Toast?
3: First of all, it could be any of those. Really
2: yeah, right, well, yeah. Like, you
3: wrote Honestly. those really well. Who did that? You or Jasmine? I, I wrote that Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's um, to turn them in next year for ideas. Uh, final so, yeah.
3: answer is B.
1: Mastering the shellfish yeah. Tower, which you probably edited. The original one probably
3: was Sweet oh my and French Toast, and I d- you probably changed it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really get to edit those, but I do Someone read, does, though. I read, Someone yeah, does edit totally. those. Totally. Our, our Vince team like, spends a lot of time doing that. But I, re- I go over the schedule so much that it's like, by the time it's yeah. done, I know it.
1: All right, here we go. Chef is Carla Hall.
3: Okay. Demo titles
1: Hootie Who Cooks the Blues, Recipes of the Mississippi Delta. (laughs) Salt, it's a box of compliments. Or
3: Southern food favorites. Southern food
1: favorites. Oh, <laughs> Justin Chappell is killing the game. <laughs> yeah, this was not meant for you, by the way. I mean,
3: she just, <laughs> come on, she just opened a restaurant <laughs> called Carla Hall's Southern Kitchen. What do you expect me That's to That's true,
1: <laughs> but Hootie Who Cooks the Blues okay, is something good. that I really I want th- to kind of work I'm with just her saying, on. I'm
2: saying, I think that maybe you should shelve these for next year. I bring mean, bring them up. You
1: know? I think you should sell them. Hey, listen, to yes. them. Justin I'll Chappell, what's happening right now is I'm trying to get a position writing for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, here we go Okay now this one's tough Because I don't think This is a classic one This is just a demo From a chef Who's, who's at the classic I don't know if she's here this year Jen Lewis okay. From Portland right? She's not here But I love her Not here I love Jen Lewis One of my favorite chefs um, But here are three demo titles From okay, Jen Lewis I'm ready 101 obscure Eastern European Dumpling recipes You've hardly heard of
3: <laughs> She'll kill you If she listens to this <laughs>
1: No she won't <laughs> Cartlandia A celebration of Portland Street food
3: Or pasta by hand Oh my gosh, this one's really hard because it could be B or You're C. You're so competitive right now. This could be B or C. You're so I'm gonna competitive. I'm going to say, oh, what was B again? B was pasta by hand. No, that
2: was no, C. No, that was C. Uh, oh. B was cartlandia.
1: Oh, B was pasta by hand and no. C was cartlandia, a celebration I'm of Portland I'm going to say cartlandia. The answer is pasta by hand. Oh, that, also I the title it, of
3: one of her books. I know that, but that's why I, that's why yes. I thought it wasn't that because I feel like the last time she did a demo here, I feel like her book came out after that. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Well, so you're. So this is. I uh, love that book. Okay. I keep it on my coffee
1: table. Actually, it's an amazing it's book. book. Uh, and Carlandia—that's a book. That's a. That's a, uh, sort of a show that I it's pitched last show. week in L.A. That uh, no, one, no one, no one—that you developed. Actually, you did develop I, I it. Developed. I came up with Carlandia, though. You
2: did not. I came up with Carlandia. This is for another. Is, <laughs> this, this here is it another is. Topic. We're getting into I'm, it.
1: I'm siding with Jasmine on this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Jasmine's always right. Justin Chappell, you're amazing. Last thing we do is we play this game called 86.
0: Get it out of here. It's 86
1: In restaurant kitchens, that means we're out of something. Or in our world, it means we're over something. What are uh, one or two things that you're just over with? It could be the food world, the entertainment business,
3: anything you want to say.
1: Um, make it
2: food and wine, though. Don't make it weird. <laughs> I'm not going to make it weird.
3: <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. So, Okay, so if, if I had to 86 something, and th- I'm basing this off a conversation I had last week at work. If I had to 86 something, it would be 86ing turning every leafy green into a baby leafy green
1: oh yes so not let uh not letting them grow up no what is this?
3: or let them
4: grow, let up. Them grow let up let the them grow be... up.
3: let leaves grow up <laughs> the let funny them... thing is the reason why it was a conversation is because i i was making something and i needed arugula but i wanted like real arugula yeah and because baby arugula is just like i'm so over it mm-hmm. i would 86 baby arugula good call um but i wanted real arugula and i was like telling our test kitchen assistant i was like i want adult arugula i don't know what to call it like what do you call grown-up arugula
1: right like arugula that like makes your eyes water (laughs) yes like like, delicious delicious, bitter
3: spicy (laughs) arugula yes bring it back so and during the and with that i was like man i'm just so tired of these baby greens like i want like big greens again big spinach i want like curly spinach that's chewy and crisp and like delicious. He's got the right words. That's a good thing to be 86. Justin Chappell, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me at Justin Chappell on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, or you can find me at foodwinecom slash tips.
1: Or maybe in the uh, 9 a.m. hour on the Today Show. Perhaps. Right? Uh, pretty often. Hey, everyone. Uh, that was a lot of fun. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe and rate us really well because the better you rate us, the more episodes we'll be able to deliver. You can also find us on Podcast One app. Um, and you can also find us on social media at Starving4Pod. That's starving 4 the number four pod at Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all of those things until next week. Stay hungry.
0: Thanks for listening to starving for attention with Richard blaze. Listen to new episodes every Tuesday on the podcast one app or subscribe now at Apple podcasts or podcast one.com. Hey, have you heard? Podcast One has a whole bunch of awesome new shows filled with big names that are waiting for you on our brand new amazing app. This one's a game changer. There's Norman Lear talking to Amy Poehler, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Charles Barkley. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted with Brian Cranston, Josh Gad, and soon, Neil Patrick Harris. Nice! OC Real Housewife, Heather Dubrow's World, Lady Gang's Three Mimosa Podcast with Leah Michelle, Nelly Furtado, L. King, and more. Plus, every episode of The Adam Carolla Show, Dan Patrick, and Rich Eisen. And if you like what happens in the ring, we've got Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Chell Sonnen, and a whole bunch more. So download our one of a kind new app and see for yourself go to the app store google play or download it now at podcast1.com
4: at american university we don't just hope for change we create it we don't just dream of a better world we make it a reality with a graduate degree from au you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout dc to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose and that purpose can make all the difference in your career Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school.